Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. On this week's listener-inspired episode of the podcast, Drew takes us down the realm of geopolitical conflict, baby. Nothing like it. Man, just makes us all feel good and warm and fuzzy inside. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity and a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network presented by BetOnline.ag. It's a double game week, baby, because we missed last week. We are back and we have double the episodes, double the fun. Double your pleasure, double your fun, and dance forever, ever, ever. So nice. Man... I'm everybody's least favorite freelance soccer writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real-life brother, Drew Snavely, and um, the rumors for Jack Grealish to Manchester United are heating <laughs> oh up. <my> Friggin' <laughs> bird. Jack Grealish is a bird. Look at him. Ah, uh, dude. He's a Jack bird. Gre- Jack Grealish is a baller. Look at his hair. That's what he is. Hey, look, he has a... He has a Something there is something distinctly owl-like about Jack Grealish. You did a story on him, right? You you wrote about his cleats. I wrote I wrote a story about cleats and the ones that he used, and I basically I did an interview with like a actual like soccer cleat guy um, that's on theathletic.com. Um, that's basically like about technology and book technology and and how much it actually matters. Yeah. And the whole deal, basically what he said, which makes a lot of sense, is that uh, the whole deal about like boots and soccer players switching uh, boots and taking, you know, taking up new ones and all that stuff is mostly that, well, first and foremost, the most important thing is who pays them <laughs> and, you know, how much they get paid to wear a certain soccer cleat. But the second most important thing is just comfort and the comfort level that you have in a boot. And so that's how... You see some people, I mean, like Jack Grealish's cleats were literally falling off his feet by the time that they, Aston Villa, won the uh, the championship playoff to get back into the Premier League. Um, but you also see people like Tony Cruz has been rocking, like Adidas has been pumping out 2007, like... Mm. Addy Pures for just for him for like the last like decade, <laughs> like they don't make them anymore. But he's they're not like 2007. I think they're like 2011, 2012, something like that. Yeah. But like they don't they don't make them for anybody else anymore. But he still gets new ones just because he loves them. Yeah, that's it's it's what he is comfortable in, and he's really good and makes a lot of money and less he, good than he once he, was. He must prob- be said he probably doesn't have to pay. Adidas to oh no none of those make them none I mean, of those people yeah, yeah. have to pay <laughs> yeah if you're sponsored by a by a shoe company yeah, yeah, yeah. they're paying you to wear their shoes and not yeah, the other way absolutely around. absolutely but that was uh that was what I wrote about Jack Grealish anyway uh yeah Jack Grealish looks like he has like an owl nest on his head well he is he would be like the best attacking midfielder on our team if he were to 
to join. So, hey, I'm all for new additions that would improve the team. That's fair. And Drew. he's a young English boy, so... <laughs> that's Just so a weird. wee English lad. <laughs> uh, Drew, we don't have much about modern soccer to talk about. No. But we do have historical soccer. We do. And today's a special episode. One, because it is given to us by a listener... And two, because this is our 40th episode. Oh, shoot. I didn't even realize. This is episode 40, baby. Episode 40. We made it. Episode 40 on 420? 40 on 420. It is 420 as we speak. It is 420. It is April 20th. <laughs> and also April 2020. So you kind of oh, have like yeah. All two, month is 420. All month is 420. It's the super 420. And so it's 420 within 420 right now. So, it's a big month for a lot of people right now. It's like Inception 420, including the High Press podcast who follow us, and their whole thing is soccer and marijuana. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, High, High Press, Press. You get it? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> clever. I like that. <laughs> but we have a listener-inspired episode. Yes, and yes. you've got it. And so, I want you to put that into my ear holes. Yeah, I'm gonna put it into your ear holes and. All of our listeners' ear holes mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> okay. All the holes. <laughs> okay, nope. 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 It's too far. Okay. It's too far. <laughs> All right. So this story involves someone who was very briefly mentioned in a story that you actually told, Adam. Oh? Yes. Kien. As it they was say. during the George Weah story. Okay. This player came up and we Almost got the pronunciation right. Dang it. So close. What player was it? <laughs> so, it's Vladimir oh, Boban. I know it. I knew it exactly. Bobin <laughs> Boban. Got it. Yes. Yes. It's safe to say we didn't really know that much about him when you brought up his name, hence the the botching of the pronunciation. It wasn't like a, a absolute botching, but it was it was still off. Yes. But Paul Dombrowski, huge fan of the pod. What's up, Paul? Great friend of the pod. I mean, I, I think that's actually stolen and copyrighted from Men and Blazers. Yeah, we don't want to be them. We don't. We, we aren't them. We, are, we really aren't. <laughs> we so aren't them. The opposite. <laughs> um, but yeah, Paul said, hey, you should look into Boban's career. He kind of was in the middle of a pretty crazy incident. He was also on the amazing AC Milan team and had a really good career. Right. I feel like you had to have a really good career to be on the AC Milan team. Uh, on that AC Milan team? If you were on yeah. that team, you had a good career. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he also uh, gave me the pronunciation. Oh, so, thank you. Wow. Yes. Th- double fold thank you to Paul. So... Paul Dombrowski. At, we like to call him Paul Paul Dombrowski Debro- because he is a bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this story, uh, like you mentioned in the preview, is filled a little bit with geopolitical conflict because Svanimir Boban is Croatian and mm. he was coming into his game during a very um, uneasy time in the Balkan region. Yeah, the Balkans. Any, any, 
Basically, anybody that's been alive in the Balkans in the last like twenty to thirty years, it's like been through it, man. You've you've seen atrocities. Yeah, that's pretty much like, how it goes. Pretty terrible. Um, so yeah, I I mean, there's that, and we'll get into that eventually. Sure. Uh, but first, we're gonna kind of go through his life. We'll hit the incident, and then. We'll finish on with his career, I guess. Thank you for giving me the outline. Yeah, so yeah. everybody has the outline. Everybody has that. Everybody yeah. can follow along. I haven't really done that yet. I know. I don't know why I did I'm it. Just, but... I, hold on. Let me write it down on my hand real quick. <laughs> oh, gosh. like taking notes for the test. <laughs> so in 1968, Boban was born in Imotsky, uh, Socialist Republic, Croatia, right. which at the time was a part of the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Right. Yugoslavia, the country at the time. Yugoslavia, the part country. Of, but also part of the USSR, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I Because I think at that point, all of it was the USSR. I, yeah, I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, I was just kind of focusing on on Yugoslavia as yeah. a whole and right. how there are all these. Um, it should be said that both Drew and I are '90s babies, so we like miss. I like I missed out on the Cold War by like three years. Drew by a little bit more, but we yes. we don't we don't know the Cold War nearly as well as some other people. Just because we weren't alive. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really just focused on, like, Serbia, Croatia. The Balkans. The yeah. Balkans, that like, that region. Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, exactly. So, at the age of eight, uh, 18, 16, Boban made his professional debut for Dinamo Zagreb. Nice. Which is a yes. big team big in team. Croatia. Um, one of the powerhouses of the, the Yugoslavian first division at the time still a and and even to this day still a, a team that pops up in europe yeah yeah you'll see them in, in europa league champions league sometimes mm-hmm. um they'll get it done they definitely will <laughs> so uh, i'll get that job done <laughs> boban played as a box-to-box midfielder really the ideal player for any team yeah um you don't I, run, you don't those don't go out of style really. I, yeah i feel like every team is always like we need a box box midfielder. If you're a midfielder that can run all the game long, that there's, I mean, like obviously you want other qualities as well yes. out of a midfielder, yeah. but um, th- there's not really like, uh, there's never not a market for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean he had this similar high energy style of play that those those types of players have. Sure, but he was also extremely effective in the final third. Very creative player. Um, was able to score goals, created a lot of goals. Um, it also helps when you're playing um, along like some of the best players in the world when he eventually made it to AC Milan. Um, mm-hmm. But he was kind of like the um, the wonder kid at, at Dinamo. Yeah. Because... Because he's sixteen and he's because he's sixteen yeah. and, and he's starting. If you're if you're if you're sixteen and you're making your professional <laughs> debut, pretty much anywhere, it's like, oh hey, this is a pretty big this is a pretty big deal. Yes. Like look at the sixteen year olds that America has starting right now. Yes. Anywhere, literally, we're just like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> Start foaming at the mouth. For exactly. These kids. Exactly. 
So at the age of 16, uh, Boban, uh, the year is 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, if we fast forward a couple of years, the late 80s, early 90s, um, that is the 1900s. That is, that is uh-huh. the, yep. the time frame that we are, we are looking in. 20th century. The 20th century. Um, Yugoslavia was kind of at its boiling point. Right. Tensions were incredibly high, very strained, and it seemed like a revolution was going to happen any moment. Yeah. Kind of inevitable. So these tensions were due to inflation and right. unemployment. Um, they had their president, Tito, who was kind of like a unifying factor in the region mm-hmm. that really held everybody together. And a lot of people say that his death kind of marked the end of the prosperity of gotcha. Yugoslavia. Um, and really when the, the country kind of started unraveling and you really got those um, these different ethnic groups that are like, no, this is our like this is our section. Like we want to be our own thing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want you here. Um, so that's definitely unfortunate. Um, led to a, a big rise in ethnic nationalism. Yeah. Which, like I said, not great. No. So when you start mixing all this stuff with the game of soccer, yeah, a, a very passionate game. We, As it inevitably happens, yeah, soccer is political. Yeah, I was going to say, politics managed to seep into just about everything. Right. Soccer is not an exception to that. Mm-hmm. In fact, soccer is like a platform um, that yes. a lot of fans, players, and coaches use to have a voice yeah. and, and to be like, hey, this is what I believe in. <laughs> well, and, and just the very nature of soccer like as a, a vehicle for like civic and national pride like my city is better than your city. <laughs> my yeah. country is better than your country. Like yeah. that's political. That, those are political statements. My ethnic group is better than your ethnic group. Ooh, yeah. Cuz that's kind of where we're headed right now. Big if yikes. you couldn't tell. Yes. Which I, it, I don't agree with that. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, but well, thank you this, for clarifying this your is personal where, stance. Yeah, this is where we're at in the story. So there Plenty of good political statements. There are plenty of bad political statements. And they're constantly happening. So this was certainly the case for this incident when fans from Serbia and Croatia descended on Zagreb for a match between two powerhouses in the Yugoslavian First Division. You know the first team that's in it, Dinamo Zagreb. Yes. Because... That's kind of what the story is about. Yep. <laughs> uh, led by Zvonimir Boban. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can probably guess the other. If you're thinking any team that is within the Yugoslav. Um, is it Red Star? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, when you think about yep, like yep, 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 incidents, yep. crazy fans, Red Star is. I mean, it was either going to be Red Star or Partisan. Yes. Like, those are the other two clubs. Yes. So, I mean, when it comes to Serbian soccer, it's really them and partisan. It's, it's so, terrifying. When it yeah. comes to Serbian soccer, I'm afraid. Yes, yes. So, it's May 13th, 
1990. This is the day of the match. And things are about to get a little dicey. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Deadball Brothers, brought to you by betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. You missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Thank you so much to Bet Online for bringing this podcast to you and for bringing all Blue Wire podcasts to you this week. And we encourage you guys, if you want to, to use that uh, promo code Blue Wire, all capitals, all one word, to get a little bit of a bonus when you sign up at Bet Online. Thank you so much to you for listening. As always, if you want to support us, you can drop a listener review uh, on Apple Podcasts. And for now, let's get back to the story. Welcome back from our delightful ad break, narrated by yours truly. It was very, very smooth, very velvety. Thank you. Yes. If you had been doing the ad break, I would have said, brought to you by yours truly. Oh, that would have been kind of funny. Also, if I had been doing, if I had been doing the ad break, it would have taken me like six takes. <laughs> Where it uh, just took two for you. That's so. why I get paid the big bucks <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> Some might say an actor. You're just used to life uh, reading a script. Mm-hmm. Um, life is your script. Yeah. Um, I don't really read the script as much as the script reads me. Wow. That is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, there's a game between Dinamo Zagreb and Red Star Belgrade, and I'm sure that some messed up shit happened in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't a great situation, and tensions, as I said before the break, were at a boiling point amongst these groups, the Serbs and the Croats. Yeah. And so I'm not really sure if anybody expected anything besides this outcome at this time. I mean, you probably don't expect like, oh, a riot's going to happen or like there's going to be a pitch invasion or like, oh, the fans are going to attack each other. But I, you could definitely, you can see it. I mean, you can see the, yeah. the cracks are that are there. Yes. And, yeah. So, I mean, these groups hated each other and you throw a sporting event that brings 20,000 of them together in, in close spaces. Yeah, it's not a recipe for success. <laughs> no, 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 no. To give you an idea of some of the crazies that were at the game. Yeah. Oh, I want to take a little detour to talk about one of the leaders of the Red Star Ultra Group. Um and they're called the Delige. 
I I don't know. Delige, I think is how you pronounce it. I could be wrong. I have no idea. So I'm just going to keep on saying Red Star Ultras. Yeah, do it. Because... That's fine. That's that's great. So this leader's name was Zalichko Raznatovich. I appreciate how we got the correct pronunciation for Bobin uh, and then didn't bother <laughs> trying to find any of the other pronunciations. Well, I feel I felt pretty confident. That's in okay. It. All right. Yeah. Okay. So you just said it real slow, like you weren't confident. Well, yeah, I wasn't gonna like rip through the name. Okay. Because all right, it's just not how I do things. Okay. Okay. But he was also known as Arken, which is like way, way easier. easier. Oh <laughs> so man, I'm just gonna refer to him as Arken from now on. What's gonna be great is when you pronounced his real name completely correctly, correctly, and Arken isn't how you pronounce that word at all. It's like. Archon. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, this guy was kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So I don't really care that I, if I pronounce his name wrong. So doesn't even matter. Right. Um, he was a known criminal and eventual murderer. Oh, oh, good. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Archon would go on to form the Serb Volunteer Guard. That was. Drew, that sounds like a group that does war crimes. You know what? <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, my friend. <laughs> oh, okay. no. oh, so, I mean, this group was made up of a lot of ultras from Red Star, Ugh. which yeah. isn't great. This group raped, murdered, tortured, and did just about oh, every other crime God. against humanity you can think of during the Yugoslav Wars. Yep. And so we weren't to that point yet, but... But it was coming. If these people were capable of doing that then, like think yeah. about what they're capable yep. of doing now. Ugh, love and, people. Yeah. And so these people were, this select group of people were pretty terrible. And I don't want to make an exception for the ultras from Dinamo. Because yeah. they weren't saints either. Yeah. Um, but the, the Dinamo ultras would also go on to fight in the Croatian for for independence. So they I mean they they were also yep. involved mm-hmm. in yeah in those wars parts of some atrocities. <sighs> yep. Um so I mean you have a lot of really crazy people at this game. Yes. So before the match started there's reports of violence in the streets after 2000 members of Red Star ultras show up Mm -hmm. in Zagreb and as one does because they had a run in with Dinamo ultras who were known as the bad blue boys, which is way easier to pronounce than Delisia. Okay. I don't know. But anyways, that's just a little appetizer for the game because of course, uh, finally we arrived, we arrived to the match and it lasts all of 10 minutes before getting (sighs) abandoned. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. 10 minutes. Yep. There was a ton of violence in the stands. Uh-huh. They were attacking each other. Fans were pouring over fences onto the field. Mm-hmm. Most of the Red Star team went into their locker room, but several of the Dinamo Zagreb players stayed out. That feels like it's going to be a problem. So, I mean, there I mean there's videos of this. You can you can look, look it up. Yeah. Look it up. You can Google uh, Dinamo Zagreb Red Star mm-hmm. 
Riots, 1990, something like that. And um, there are some pretty lengthy videos that document everything that's happening. And you're seeing fans punching each other, kicking each other like hard, like beating the crap out of each other, yes. ripping seats off the bleachers, using them as melee weapons. I mean, it was not a good sight at all. Police were using uh, tear gas, and they brought in a fire truck uh, to like use the hoses to try to clear people out. Try to yeah. clear people out. At one point, a fire truck was literally like chasing down people that were people were like running trying to get out of the way and like the fire truck was like Ugh, yep yeah so at a certain point um players got involved um because 21 year old Zvonimir Boban oh man okay after seeing police physically stopping Dinamo supporters from attacking the Red Star section Mm -hmm. he runs over and i i think he attempts a kick but he ends up kneeing a police officer right in the face knocking him over and like running away jeez and you'd initially like expect police to like surround him and get to him but it was like a run up knee to the face then like sprint away Uh, and then like all of the, the, the bad blue boy, all of the bad blue boys, like surrounded him and like were like shielding him, protecting him. Like nobody's touching this guy. <laughs> like God. not great. Um. So, yeah, I mean things have kind of boiled. Yes, out of control. Mm-hmm. Um. But because of this act of defiance against the police. Uh, Boban becomes seen as becomes a, this like cult figure. Yeah, yeah. For 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 Croatians, mm-hmm. I like going up against the man because at was the this, time was this in Zagreb or was it in Belgrade? It's in Zagreb. Okay, but it's believed from the Croatians' perspective that most of the police officers were Serbian. Okay, and so they felt like the police were attacking the Croatians and not doing anything to the Serbians. I'm sure they did feel that way. <laughs> and so as a result of that, that's why Boban is like lifted yeah, to this. Yeah, becomes like a little deified yeah. stature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's an interview and Boban said, here I was, a public face prepared to risk his life career and everything that fame could have brought all because of one ideal one cause the croatian cause and so like after having that act of defiance and then a quote like that like you can immediately see in this dude's stock and yeah. as far as like oh he's on croatian nationalism yeah. goes like going through the roof the riots ended up lasting for over well over an hour and at some point, the stadium catches on fire and is literally on fire while like the riots are happening. Good lord! Yeah, like is uh, when I was reading it, I couldn't stop thinking about the one scene. I don't want to like. I guess I'm. I am making a joke about it right now, but it's, yeah. I mean, I yeah, it's not a joking matter, but. Everything you say before the butt is bullshit, right? 
Yes. But it's really not. <laughs> um, the scene in Anchorman when they have that fight. Oh my god! <laughs> you just have like all these like sections of, of people like showing up, and it starts off as like kind of a normal like alley fight, uh-huh. and then like out of nowhere, somebody's on fire. Uh, Brick is throwing a trident. And Brick killed him <laughs> with a trident. <laughs> And it's like, well, that escalated quickly, <laughs> yeah. that meme. So that's that's all that I could think of, mm-hmm. of during this. Um, but thankfully, I wasn't able to find any reports that there were any deaths. So there are lots of injuries. I read that there were some stabbings. Maybe one yeah. or two people got shot. Wasn't really able to cor- corroborate. Yeah. Um, I imagine that the reporting on such an event is probably spotty. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, it was a serious event. Yes. Um, and it was viewed in, um, Balkan, I don't even know, their, their history. The region's as like, history, yeah. Yeah, as like a point where they're like, this is where, this is the tipping point. Right, okay. So, all of this is caught on film. Like I said, Boban is a Croatian hero. Croatian hero. The kick, Boban didn't make it out unscathed. He did receive a ban, a six-month ban. Okay. Which is a little bit less than I think you'd get for assaulting a police officer. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, who knows? But as a result, he missed out on the 1990 World Cup. He didn't get to play for Yugoslavia. Oh, suck. Because at this point, still yeah. making appearances for the Yugoslav national team. Um, but he would eventually be able to to get a chance to play in the World Cup for Croatia, mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, there were cl- conflicting views when the riot ended, mainly from the Croatians and the Serbians. Okay. So from the view of the Croatians... The police only took actions against the Croats because the police were mainly Serbs. Some also viewed the riot as a plot made by the Yugoslav Serb authorities trying to destabilize the Croatian nationalist movement because that nationalist movement was seriously gaining traction. They had won an election recently. um, And so that's why they're like, no, we think that this violence was premeditated yeah well guess what the serbs also thought that the violence was premeditated Uh imagine that it was planned by the croatian authorities according to them to drive the wedge between both groups even further it was widely believed that the serb by the serbs that acid was poured on the fence in front of the bad blue boys the dinamo fans the night before so they could easily get onto the field to go over and attack the Red Star Ultras. That's that's the kind of conspiracy theory that's like, all right, like, <laughs> I mean, the 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 Croatians definitely had like a like very like conspiracy theory ish kind of thing. Like, well, the police were all Serbs, and so they were only attacking us. But I like I understand it. And then when you <laughs> when you go on the other side, and it's like. Well, here's what happened. They poured acid on the fence. 
it feels a little bit more like galaxy brain. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't think it was too far fetched to say a lot of the police officers were Serbs. Um, sure. The capital of Yugoslavia was in Serbia and a lot of the Yugoslav army was made up of Serbs. And so there was always that feeling that right, right, right. Serbia and Yugoslav were, were kind of synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas the other groups were not as, were not as Yugoslavian as these others. Yeah. Ultimately, nobody knows the true reason, the, the true premeditation for this riot. Sure. Everybody pretty much agrees that it was planned by one side or both sides, but nobody can really come to an agreement by who is really the guilty party for why this happened. I feel like it's got to be both. Pro- <laughs> I feel like it's got to be both. Probably both. <laughs> so many Croatians believe this incident to be the start of the Croatian War for Independence. Dang. When, in all actuality, their War for Independence didn't start for like a year later. There was actually a full year of Yugoslav First Division soccer that played before the the War of Independence started for Croatia. Got it. And so, I it's people consider it to be a myth that it was the start of the war, like the kick that started the war. Right, yeah, yeah. The shot heard around the world. Yeah, exactly. But Boban is elevated to that person that Mm -hmm. is like, hey, this is the guy who tipped the the snowball off the the mountain and (laughs) created the avalanche. God, wow, what a what a stunning metaphor that is. I don't he tipped I, the snowball off the mountain. I know exactly what you were saying, but it was just funny to hear it framed that way. <laughs> you know, I didn't write it down, and that's probably why it was framed weird. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is uh, Boban is uh, the Grinch. <laughs> oh, gosh. And his heart grew three sizes. <laughs> dinner with myself i can't cancel that again (laughs) oh gosh there actually there's a statue outside the dinamo zagreb stadium of three soldiers it reads to the fans of the club who started the war with serbia on may 13th 1990 isn't that crazy yeah that's like i mean it feels a little icky to me, Drew. If you didn't believe me that that was what people, that is how people think, uh-huh. a lot of Croatians think, like, this was the... This is where it started. This is where it started. That is the epitome of yeah of, oh, of that train well, of thought. I, I don't like that statue. I'm not a fan of that statue, Not great. No, yeah. not great. So, we know that the career of Zvonimir Boban doesn't end with assaulting a police officer. <laughs> It does not, no. Because a year after the incident, Boban signed with AC Milan and eventually became a staple. Did quite well for himself. Yeah, in Fabio Capello's side. Boban played a key role in AC Milan's dismantling of Barcelona in the 1994 Champions League final, Mm -hmm. where they won 4-0, which was a complete shock to the world because people thought that Barcelona were going to win. Yeah. Because that's just kind of how it's always been. People think that Barcelona will win. Not yeah. always, always, but like in cycles. Death, like, taxes, Barcelona wins. Yeah, sure. You know, it's if you're going in a final against Barcelona, 
It's not. It's Barcelona, not good. Barcelona probably aren't not the favorites. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. So, Zvonimir Boban would win Syria four times, Supercopa three times, and captain Croatia to a third place finish in France '98, knocking off Germany and Netherlands in the process. USA finished last place. USA finished last place. <laughs> Boban retired from soccer in 2002, but has continued to be a national hero for Croatia. And he hasn't really stepped away from the game at all. He isn't a coach. He hasn't been a coach. And, in fact, he says that he doesn't want to be a coach. Isn't he an AC Milan executive he of some sort? He was very recently an executive He for AC Milan. He's like the, the chief... Uh, football officer yeah the cfo okay but not the chief financial <laughs> officer um but he also he was like the um, the deputy the deputy secretary general for fifa oh for for a while oh so not only is he like kind of got some iffy fans in croatia but also he uh hopped on the fifa the fifa gravy train <laughs> uh i mean yeah he definitely did, and he was one of the ones for, for FIFA that was very adamant in implementing VAR. Um, very technology-forward thinker. Um, but yeah, that is the story of Svonimir Boban, Boban and the Red Star Dinamo Zagreb <laughs> riots of 1990. Oh, man. I feel like we've gotten a lot of stories lately of just like there are no heroes here yeah <laughs> kind of thing like is this person a good person is there are they a bad person it's like there are definitely bad people and then it's like i don't know if this is a bad or a good person yeah um i think i think what boban was doing um like going up against the police officer I and mean, he's a young kid 21 years old that's true I like don't, filled with with I, Croatian pride. When I was twenty one, I, I would if I was twenty one on that field, I would not know what to do. <laughs> when you feel like you're being oppressed by by your government, um, just and like, like people that are protesting, going back outside for the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, you you do some you do some crazy things. So, um, yeah, not a great situation, but. No. Um, Zvonimir Boban was definitely a, an interesting career. Yeah. Yeah. A great player, great career. I linked up with George Way a bunch of times. Linked up. I was watching his highlights earlier and I literally saw multiple assists, like mm-hmm. like crazy passes to to George Way, who like was slotting him home. And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle on, yeah. on this one thing that we did. Yeah. That's cool. So um oh yeah, I have sources here. Sources, some sauces. So, Matt Galt from these football times and Sven Milikic from Balkan Insight. Nice. So, and a special thanks to Paul Dombrowski because without him, the story probably wouldn't have even happened. So, heck yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that is listening right now, still. 
Uh, we really, really appreciate it. As always, if you would like to support us, you can follow our social media pages at DeadBallPod everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. If you want to email us any comments, suggestions, anything like that, DeadBallPod at gmail.com. And if you would like to continue to support the podcast, there are two main ways you can do that. The first one being you can leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty much where all the podcatchers pull their podcast list from. So if you leave the review on Apple, that's the most convenient place to do it. The more reviews we get, the more uh, ratings we get, the more people see our podcast and the better it is for us. Also, if you want to support the podcast in another way, we have a Teespring store. The link to that will be in the description to this podcast, but we have some t-shirts, we have a hoodie, we've got a long sleeve shirt, um, stuff that you can buy if you so choose. But until next time, which should be very, very soon, because this is a hashtag Deadball Brothers Double Game Week. Yeah. My name's Adam Wilkerson-Navely. And I'm Drew Snavely. And we love you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.